everyone. I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that person who actually reads through all the terms and conditions instead of scrolling to the end and hitting the accept like a normal person, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And with me in the podcast studio today is a good friend of mine. He's an elder at Grace Bible Fellowship in Republic, Washington. He's a lover of weird movies, all-around cool dude. My brother from another mother, Mr. Aaron Urseth. How you doing, brother? Good. How about you? Weird Good. movies. What specifically do you think is so weird? What? A, uh, well, like? just all, see, all I know is that every conversation we've ever had about movies, you pull out these odd references that I've actually never heard of. Uh-oh. And I'm a pretty... I like to think that I'm pretty well versed in my repertoire of film, and um, and if I haven't heard of it, it's usually pretty obscure. It's those old '90s movies from when I was a kid. That those are the ones that are probably the weirdest to you. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that's probably the niche there that I'm not that I'm not well versed in. I I go with you know old '80s. Yeah. Or more modern current, like anything after probably Lord of the Rings. So there's that good 10, 15 years right in there where mm-hmm. I'm just, I have no clue. Well, we'll get you caught up eventually. Yeah, right. fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's what we'll do. So, hey, Aaron, um, for our listeners, give us a short bio of who you are, uh, married, kids, kind of what you do for employment. How'd you get into that? Just give us the story of you, man. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I am married. I've been married for almost seven years. Uh, to my wife, Abby, and we have one child named Lydia. Uh, she is a girl, if you weren't sure by the name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is 2019, so I know, yeah, clarifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're totally welcome. And she's eight and a half months old. Actually, she'll be nine months next week. I'm losing track of time. So she's growing fast, and she's super cool. Um, and yeah, we live up in Republic. I don't know if you said that or not. And we homestead up here. And for my occupation, I'm what, so it's kind of, whenever I tell people this, it's like, I'll tell them what my title is and they're still just as confused. So I'm a community coalition coordinator. That's my exact title. And what it is, is it's like, there's a bunch of them throughout the state. And these coalitions, their whole objective is to try to reduce underage substance use alcohol, drugs, tobacco. And so for me, I am in charge of helping coordinate all the efforts and getting people in the community to get together and put together a comprehensive approach and plan to do exactly that, reduce underage substance use and abuse. And then the way I got into it was we moved up here and I was looking for full-time employment. And this just kind of seemed like something that would be interesting. Um, I don't know, because before this, I used to do, worked at a credit union, and I was, when I left there, I was the BSA compliance specialist, so I was in charge of, like, everything that has to do with money laundering at the credit union, so it was a pretty big shift there, so, but, so far, it's worked out, and I, I enjoy it for the most part. It can be kind of stressful, but, so. Yeah, well, anytime you're, you're, anytime the majority of your job, like, requires a volunteer base, mm-hmm. right, I mean, that's. That's the easiest thing in the world, right? Because everyone loves volunteering and doing things on their free time without getting paid. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Right? I mean. Yeah. (laughs) I know I do. Um, (laughs) Sometimes even in the job I have, I feel like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's like I yeah sometimes I get that paycheck and it's like oh yeah that's why I'm, no that's not why I'm, yeah that's right. let's be honest no that's why I'm doing it um no. you have to like convince <laughs> yourself it's a ministry but yeah. it's really hard with some jobs um so you know aside from obviously the the volunteer base that uh is probably not there but is expected there right um what's what's the both you know on both ends of the spectrum there what's what's the best part of the job what's something that you actually really enjoy about the job that you have right now and then what is what's one of the harder the harder aspects of it um so i'd say the best part of the job i know the cliche the answer i should give is working with people that's what i probably should say um (laughs) oh the people break Uh, the mold here aaron break the mold (laughs) i'm gonna say my favorite part is actually the data um and the kind of looking at all the information, the, st- the statistics that we have, and then taking that and building a plan around it, interpreting it, breaking it all down from there, coming up with a plan, and then figuring out how to make that plan actually work. So it's kind of the project planning stuff that I prefer. The hardest part is dealing with those barriers or, or so, more so the failures, kind of the letdowns. Let's put it that way, the letdowns. So when you think you've got your plan, you've got A, B, and C in place, and you've contacted, you've made, you've confirmed this with this person, you've got this resource you're expecting to come in, you know, whatever, and then something falls apart. And mm-hmm. with this job, you know, I can be dealing with like at least 20 volunteers at any given point in time. And you find yourself like, and this is just kind of human nature. We all have a point in where we have to we have to back out of something. I did that to you last week, um, and and then <laughs> that's right. Yeah, for for people who don't know, we've been trying to get this interview scheduled for a good month now, yeah. and um, none of it has been my fault. Oh yeah, except for the part where you <laughs> forgot. But we won't go down that road. What? Um, <laughs> for, well, hold on. Wait. No, I did not forget. That first Friday, about? remember? I said, hey, we're supposed to do it today, right? And you're like, oh, oh I thought it was next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. I have a selective memory when it comes to things I do wrong. That's okay. Let's – back to me. Um, <laughs> back, back to you. Let's get it back I love, on me. <laughs> I love how you just literally yank the spotlight and yeah, shine yeah. it right in your face. <laughs> it's a gift. Um, <laughs> so – I'm just gonna keep pushing forward. Somebody's gotta drive. Go for it, man. I'm loving this. Um, (laughs) So yeah, just any at any point in time, like people could back out or they could or something like even a venue, oh, they got double booked or something and now we've kind of gotten pushed out. So yeah, just stuff like that where you're just and it's easy to just start to feel like why I I don't know, just to get so frustrated or feel like you're just beating your head against a brick wall. And sure. that no matter what you do, it's all going to just fall apart. But that's where I have to step back and realize, hey, at the end of the night, everything worked out. And it's actually more of a testament to seeing God's grace and just that and remembering like he's got it. And my plans, they might fall apart, but that doesn't mean everything else is going to fall apart. You know, it, 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 and whatever happens is going to happen for a reason. So just to kind of roll with the punches a little bit more. That's been something yeah. I've had to learn a lot. Um, so, hey, shifting gears a little bit here too. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Was it something that uh, you know Christ found you, kind of on the road to Damascus, kind of thing? What's your what's your uh, what's your story about how how Christ found you? Yeah, no. So I did grow up in a Christian household. At the age of five, I, I made a profession of faith. At that point, okay. I, I will say, looking back, and I I've known this for a long time, but when looking back, it definitely when I was five, my understanding of what salvation meant 
was about as simplistic as just saying, I love Jesus and I want to be with Jesus. Where it came around is when I was in high school, actually. And the youth pastor there, his name's Todd Brooks. Shout out to Todd if he ever hears this. You, you we'll can, send him the can, link so we can. That's right. Um, Shout out to Todd. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of just took me to his wing a little bit. And the, at the youth group, there was like youth leaders, like youth, student leaders, as I, I should say. And so he just kind of uh, asked if I want to be part of that and would meet with me every once in a while. And through that, the Lord really started working me. And I started to understand more so that, I don't know, kind of what I had always assumed was just essentially my saving grace. It wasn't really. It was just my parents' faith, in a sense. I was kind of just riding on their coattails. And I, I had never really come to that point where I realized, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to really nail down a point in time. Eventually, kind of coming to a point where I realized, yeah, no, I definitely need Jesus Christ. I am a chief sinner, you know, and I need him to forgive me. I need him to restore me. And it's been a journey since then. It's kind of my Genesis story, I guess. So Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So you're, uh, as I said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, you're an elder at Grace Bible Fellowship up there in Republic, Washington, a small town. What's one aspect of the church up there that you really appreciate? If you're going to nail down something like, you know what, something I really appreciate about our church is this. What, What would that be for you? Probably their devotion to sound doctrine. And mm-hmm. that's only because really what that means to me is devotion to God and, and to knowing God and to like, cause I, I am a firm believer that if you don't, you can't worship God, you can't obey God, you can't follow God if you don't know who God is. And, you know, and so we should always be striving to have a better understanding of who God is. And that really is our doctrine, you know, what we believe about God and his ways and what his expectations are um, and what we believe about ourselves. And so this church, you know, we came out of a church where that really kind of start start to fall by the wayside. And that is something I've seen and something that everyone there really, really does value is having a deeper relationship with God that's driven with by a deeper understanding of who he is hmm. and, and who we are in, especially in contrast to who God is. I think there is a mentality in the majority of Christian culture to move away from doctrine because doctrine divides doctrine is divisive uh, and all that. And, you know, both of those things are true. Doctrine mm-hmm. does divide, but that division is not always bad. Yeah, because like like you said, you if you, if we are going to have a correct understanding of how to worship God in church, right, and how to live as Christians in the way that we should, that requires doctrine, mm-hmm. right? It requires that we engage with the Word of God with our minds as well as our hearts, yeah. and learn about who God is, and engage in theology, engage in doctrine. That's how that happens, right? And you have so yeah. many churches today that are just content with the feelings and just content with, oh, we just love Jesus and that's it. And yes, of course you need to love Jesus. But what they don't even understand is that even in just saying that we love Jesus is a doctrinal and theological statement. (laughs) It requires theology to do that, right? Yeah. So 
I agree with you 100%. Having churches that have as their focus, making sure that they're getting it right. Yeah. You know, and we're all going to disagree on secondary issues, right? But but what oh, we're yeah. talking about here are the essentials. The, the core issues, yeah. Right. What is the word of God? Who is Christ? Who is God? You know, who are we in light of who God is, right? Those are the things that need to be nailed down solid. And when people say that, you know, those those things don't matter, that we can agree to disagree, I can't disagree with somebody yeah. on the person of Christ and be okay with that. I can disagree with somebody on, you know, Pedo baptism or eschatology or how how old the earth is you know those are secondary issues but when it comes to the person of Christ and who he is you have to get that right yeah yeah right? yeah there's and there's always yeah there's those little gray there's those issues where there needs to be grace you know or someone's convictions around alcohol or or something hmm. like that that's the area where we don't have to all have a hundred percent agreement on and we can right. we can agree to disagree but you're right those there are those those core issues, those essential truths that have to be settled upon. You, you can't yeah. they can't be up for debate. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Hundred percent agree. Kind of along the same vein as 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 Christians, we want to be filtering everything that we do uh, through the Christian worldview, through what we believe about God, what we believe about the gospel. And when you think about service. Uh, you're obviously serving right now as an elder in your church. When you think about service and and just overall work, both in church and just a regular job in society, um, how do you believe our Christian worldview should filter in and through that? In all things, we should be seeking to bring glory to God. And so that that really breaks down to, I think for me, um, a servant attitude. So, and that's really characterized in humility. Um, and I think that often means that sacrifice. So it's sacrifice of your time, uh, what you might prefer to do at that point in time. Like, you know, we've all got hobbies and then I struggle at times to, in, in keeping my hobbies from becoming my life in a sense, the things I like to do sure. to unwind or whatever. I need to make sure that those things aren't becoming an idol in my life, that they're interfering from serving or from growing closer to God. So yeah, I, I think right. um, whatever you eat, whatever you do, whatever you drink, do all these things for the glory of God. And I think that's kind of at the end of the day, what our, where our focus should be is that we have an, an opportunity in everything to do it under the glory of God. I think this goes back to, so when we did our membership class at the church, um, the, one of the big reasons even for membership is the idea that you're part, you're, you're making a formal commitment to become a part of the body. Hmm. And, you know, Paul is very, uses that imagery a lot when he's talking about the church, that we become part of the body of Christ. And, and this is a formal corporate body now of, hmm. and it's a local body of Christ. You know, yes, we're all part of the larger body of Christ, the family of Christ, but yeah, within our church, we're, we're all called to be a part of that particular body. And that means, we, and as Paul says, you know, some people are eyes, some people are going to be the heart, some people are going to be the nose, you know, but each part plays a function. And should I, if I'm such and such a part, say, no, I want to be this part. I don't want to do what my, what God created me to do. And so I kind of, yeah. that, that's where it comes into that service thing. We're all made to serve a certain function. Sure. And, and that to me is what did God naturally gift you with? What are your desires? What has he given you? Um, 
to do for your body and, and serve in that way. So we're not all yeah. going to be teachers. We're not all going to be the world's most hospitable greeters. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to all be the best worship leaders. I can't carry a tune on the flat all the time. So um, I know. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Josh. I'm sorry. I That was that was that was wrong. It's that true. Was rude. It's true, though. No, it's, you know, yeah, me I humble. mean, it is, but keeps you know. me humble. That's right. I'm here for you. I'm here for you, man. Perhaps true confessions from preaching are like being tears, just confessing. Like, that's like, right. That's right. This podcast is just going to divulge into us confessing our deepest sins. Having a, a therapy time. Um, that's right. That's right. We'll so, still, yeah. I mean, we'll still put it on air. Yeah. Oh, no. I wouldn't expect anything else. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. with with the, When it comes to church service, I think everyone serving in the way God has equipped them to serve. Doing it in humility. Doing it in love. Mm. And, and and in servitude acknowledging yeah. this is this is a gift god gave to you not to puff you up but to humbly serve the rest of the body and remembering where that gift came from you didn't muster this up all on your own this right. is something god gave you in grace and so walking in that humility walking in that spirit of, of servitude um and and seeking ways to to help your body grow spiritually to be more like Christ. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of along those lines, you know, just say, you know, I came to you, I'm in your church, you're my elder, and I say, Aaron, I don't feel as if the skills that I have are being used. I don't feel like what I'm doing is is of any value. How would you how would you go about encouraging that person that that has that mentality? First of all, I would I would let that person know that they are that what they're doing is valuable. I actually thought of this just the other week. There was a, a job like that where somebody was doing it and they hadn't been doing it. For, nobody was doing it for a long time. This person was gone, and mm. they came back and they were doing it. It was just handing out the hymnals and, and the the bulletins, and no one had been doing that for like months. And what for me it, it seemed like. On one hand, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice because I always forget. Like when no one's there to do that, I get down, take my seat. We're about ready to start announcements. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I got to get back. I'm like, All right. And I get out, get out of my seat. And the pew squeaks. Yeah. And everyone stares at you. I'm trying to like right? squeeze past my Walk wife and the baby. Walk shame down to go yeah. get your hymnal. <laughs> the Charlie Brown music starts. Blam, blam, blam. That's um, right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and, poor Aaron. And so then I, I get down there and. But, you know, so, yeah, we're trivializing it. But at the same time, when that person was there to hand me that, I was like, oh, you know what? Thank you. I I know it's it's not really in the grand scheme of things the most difficult thing to do. Or maybe it's not going to change my life having that. But I appreciated it. And I could tell, I don't know, it, it made a difference for me that morning. In some way, I just appreciated even seeing somebody willing to do that. And, and, um, and so I would tell those people, you know, there isn't a job that isn't worth doing when it comes to serving the church. And even if you're not getting notice for it, at the end of the day, we're doing it for God. We're not doing it for the attention. It's the person that, that does it just for God. They're not doing these things to be seen. Those are the ones that are doing it in the heart of God. And those are the ones that God will, those are the things, those are the things that are spirit driven, that are rewarded in heaven 
by God. And that's what it's really all about. When you serve the least of these, you serve you serve Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all yep. about. So. When you think about Christians that cause you to want to pursue Christ more fervently than you do now, what are a few traits about those Christians or that those Christians have that 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 inspire you to do that? I think the biggest overall trait, and one that I've really come to cherish in the last few years, is humility. Um, yeah. And that's probably probably not the first person to say that. And I probably won't be the last person to say that because that's, I think as hopefully not, I think yeah. as Christians, <laughs> I've always, I've found this more to, to be more and more true. You know, I think you and I've talked about this a little bit. I feel like with every sin, you can't find a single sin that isn't in some place in some way attached to pride. Yeah. And I think on the, the exact opposite end of the spectrum, you can't find a single God spirit led good deed that isn't rooted in humility. Yeah. You can't serve God. Yeah. Unless you're serving, Great point. Him, unless Great you're serving point. him in humility. So when I see that in other guys, um, that I'm really drawn to it because I see that as such a godly characteristic. I mean, it's, it's just so important. When I, when we first moved to Republic, I mean, I'll, I'll drop another name here. Dave Knowles. He, again, just, offered to mentor me. And that was like the first time I'd ever had anybody offer to just mentor me and kind of help me in my spiritual walk. Um, and he did it. He was very adamant about it and he was very steadfast in making sure that we met on a regular basis. And I really appreciated that. Most of the time it was at least three hours we would meet together and we would read the Bible together. I'd be able to, I, he let me like unload whatever baggage I had, emotional, spiritual, just whatever I needed to. And then, you know, he would confide in me some things when appropriate that to show that he can relate. And so what I see in that, when I look back, I see so much humility that he was willing to share those things with me, that he was willing to take that much time, um, immense love for just another brother in Christ. So that's, those are the things that um, I really value. And other people, and I wish I could grow in more, is just humility, grace, and love. I think yeah. those three things. You know, being in church, growing up in church your whole life, um, I, I guarantee that you have some uh, some funny experiences, some maybe some unforgettable moments uh, that have happened in church. Share with me one that just kind of sticks out in your head. You know, uh, one of your one of your most funniest church experiences. Okay, I think I yeah, uh, I think the. All the ones that come to mind are ones where it's like, I don't, I don't want to share this with anybody. Um, uh, <laughs> but see, those are the best ones. No, right? it's like it's like where it's like funny, but not. Um, yeah, like oh, I got okay. in trouble yeah, for like, something. You know, that's actually like I feel like we need to make a phone call now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I can tell youth you, you might, brutal, you might have to edit them out. Yeah, a lot of them happen with youth ministry. Uh, so like I think the best yeah. one was when I was doing some youth ministry stuff right out of high school, actually. Um my friend and I, my friend was the, at that point at the time, he was kind of like, he'd been going to that church for a while. So he was kind of like the de facto after the youth pastor left, like the new youth pastor. And I was helping out kind of like his number two or number one, whatever. Um, and I think the, the funniest thing is the associate pastor there was kind of like, uh, he was in his mid thirties at that time. And we were like 19 years old. And um, he, so in a lot of ways he was like kind of another dad to us, but also, 
in a lot of ways like a big brother more so and so we just had this sure really... he's still he's still you know when you're in your 30s as a pastor you're still in that range where you're still yeah. the cool guy yeah yeah you know yeah and, but joe so his name is joe and again hey joe if you're listening um joe was <laughs> sending the link yeah, hey, yeah joe. joe was so fun to just kind of mess with um and so we he had this really old toyota van from like i think it was like an 80s model and the ignition uh, you could turn it over with anything. You could, like a screwdriver, you did not need a key. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so sometimes uh, my friend Andrew and I, we'd be driving around town and we'd see Joe's van parked somewhere. And we'd get out because Andrew, I guess, I think he had a key. I don't know if Joey, if you, if you, I don't know if you could even lock the van. But um, <laughs> we've all had we a would car get like out that. and we would get in and just like, there was something we could figure out something and we'd turn the, we'd start the car and then drive it maybe like two blocks down and around the corner and then park oh, it gosh. and then get back out and get in our car and leave. And then Joe would <laughs> like, and sometimes we'd park someplace and see, we can wait to see when Joe comes out. He's like, where's my car? <laughs> and, uh, who would steal this car? Yeah. Yeah. All the cars. <laughs> and, um, and so, but a lot of times it eventually kept happening over and over to where he, we'd, we'd move it. And then we'd be waiting, and then it, it didn't even take. He'd just come out and immediately like the phone. He'd just pick up the phone. Where'd you put it? <laughs> just Where's like my car? He, he knew. Um, uh, and then there was another time where we uh, we decided I don't remember why now. If it was like I don't know why we did this, but we we TP'd his whole house, and um, he he lived in like the parsonage right next to the the church, and so we TP'd his house and. Uh, we, you know, we're not the kind of people we would help clean it up after we're done. We're not going to just like totally be jerks, but we just thought it was funny. Okay. And, um, but then the cops came and, uh, so the cops came and like stopped us. And then Joe was like, you know, I don't know. We ended up in the end taking pictures with the cops and stuff and everything was all fine, but it was kind of like okay. funny. Like the cops come to the church parking lot and we're like, who are you guys? We're like, Oh, we're the youth pastors here. And, we're TPing the associate pastor's house. He's like, okay. <laughs> so you guys are vandalizing. It's like, oh, well, I mean, if you want to put it that way, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be, we call it just having be fun. Like, um... Technical about this <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. Man. Well, see, dude, if I was Joe, I'd, I would have come out and been like, I don't know these guys. Yeah. No. <laughs> Joe is too fun. nice. He probably had that thought, but he was like, no, God wouldn't want me to turn these guys in right now. God so. wouldn't want, as you're sitting there with rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, you poor Joe. <laughs> poor right. Joe. I feel bad for Joe. So, hey, uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast now, and it is time for the Monday Hot Takes. That's where I uh, ask you a bunch of random questions, and you give me the first answer that pops into your head. You ready for these? Uh, I get, we'll find out, I guess. When we, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. Favorite movie? I think Rocky is probably my overall favorite movie. But Really? And it's okay. not even because well, that's not weird. It's not that's even because of the action. Like, I actually really enjoy just the story all the way up to the fight. So just kind of. Yeah. But, you know um, they filmed Rocky 1 in a month? Yeah. No, yeah. And he wrote yeah. the script in like three days. But yeah. yeah. Sylvester Stallone, in, in my opinion, is a very underrated actor and writer. Yeah, no, I agree. He writes some incredible stories, I think. Him I so. and uh, Mel Gibson are mm-hmm. actually two of my favorites. Mel Gibson's um, got they the do. street cred, though. Like, he's known for being a good He does. He, yeah, but. Mel Gibson has has the cred now. Yeah. He's crazy. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, favorite band? Um, for a long time, I would have said Mute Math. 
is probably my favorite band. Okay. But now it's actually band you turned me on to. I really like Citizens a lot. So oh, yeah. all right, yep, uh, yep. Yeah. Formerly Citizens and Saints. Yes. Now now Citizens. Just yeah, they got rid of the Saints. So I'm not... that's right. That yeah, no longer Saints. Uh, coffee or tea? Um, energy drinks. Uh, <laughs> energy drink. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if I have, I'll, I, I'll I can, add that. <laughs> I can go with either one. Honestly, I don't love either one a ton to the point where I guess coffee has a slight edge. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. What is something about current Christian culture that is annoying to you? <laughs> Bethel. <clears throat> um, uh, <laughs> Hillsong. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh man, yeah. Well, that's no, okay. I don't think anybody. I'll be honest. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's yeah. It's it's that. It's the it's the my feelings over all logic and reason, and almost acting as if God is exclusively mutual or mutually exclusive from logic and reason, as if those are the antithesis of God. Like right. we only can approach God through our feelings. And I understand that, like, you know, there is an emotional component, but, you know, emotions are very fickle things. And if we're yes. going to use those as our driving force and our way to interpret scripture, our way to interpret our understanding of God, dude, you're in for a roller coaster that's headed for disaster. Uh, let's see. Nuts and cookies, yes or no? Nuts and cookies or nuts and cookies? No, no, no. Nuts in cookies. I'm okay with that. You are? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Aaron. I actually kind of oh, – I like a really good chocolate chip with some, you know – like I like peanut butter chocolate chip, but peanut butter with like the, the peanuts still in it. So it's pretty good to me. Okay. Well – Even like a – That's okay. That's fine. I'll, I, I'm, really, I'm picking up that maybe you're not a big fan of that. Is that – No. No? It's, it's horrible. Nuts and cookies – the only thing worse than nuts and cookies are raisins and cookies. Oh, well, that's a sin. I'm pretty okay. sure. Well, okay. There. Fine. Okay. It might well, be we, the book of Thomas, there. but it's the one thing that actually lines up with the rest of scripture in the book of Thomas. Is that <laughs> no raisins and cookies. <laughs> no. The, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Raisins are a sin <laughs> in your cookies. Um, right. Uh, uh, but uh, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza then? Oh, no. Please. Oh, no, uh-uh, no. Leave fruit on a pizza, raisins and cookies. No, like man. get, get I, as far away. from I have me. to disagree again. Pineapple on pizzas is great, especially well, uh, one of my favorite pizzas is pineapple jalapeno pepperoni. Uh, some spicy, well, some sour, some sweet, some yeah, savory. It's all good. Aaron, I I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. All right. What's the best movie you've seen in the past year? I, okay, this is going to sound totally cliche, but man, okay, the one that brought me the most joy in the last year was uh, Infinity War. That was like, okay. I, I liked that movie quite the, a bit. Yeah. The epic non-conclusion. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it could leave it right conclusion. there and I'd be, I'd be pretty satisfied. But I mean, All right. Uh, hey, Star Wars or Star Trek? Um, Lord of the Rings. Uh, F- fair, fair. <laughs> I, fair. I can't really yep. get into like that type of sci-fi for some reason like i that's okay i don't know why it's all right but if i had to choose because that's star trek it's all right if i had to choose uh wait if you oh if you had to choose it'd be star trek okay not okay but that's okay we'll move on yeah <laughs> um let's see what's the best advice you've ever been given 
stop trying to read yourself into the scriptures essentially and make them all about you. Yeah. Uh, Let's see when you get into heaven, other than Christ, of course, Mm -hmm. who is the first person that you are looking forward to meeting? Oh man. This one is always changing. It kind of, it's wherever I'm at in life. I feel like for a long time it it was Paul and then it was Peter for a little while because I really identified with, with Peter. And if not Peter, um, I really like to talk to Joshua. I've... You are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you said in heaven. So oh, okay. the cool Joshua, right, Josh. <laughs> um, the real one. The strong and courageous the, one, Josh. The OG <laughs> yeah. J. Yeah. No, just to – I don't know. Because that man – God did put a lot on his shoulders and he had a pretty big call. And, you know, I constantly reminded whenever I'm, I'm fearful of something, I don't think I can do it. I, I remind myself, you know, be strong and courageous. Josh was a great leader and it was by the grace of God. And, and, but still, I just like to meet him and, and get to pick his brain. You know, what was that like? There's so much faith involved in doing what he did. And yeah, it's such a monumental task, leading millions of people into the promised land. Like that would just be huge. And I, yeah. Moses, I, and I only say him because it's like everyone's going to say Moses or Paul or, you know, so it's just kind of like, sure. what about Joshua? What about Joshua? Well, yeah. What about Joshua? I, I probably think I have the better odds of meeting someone like Joshua versus like David because everyone else is going to be bothering them. So I'm going right. <laughs> to, um, you know, Joshua's he'll, still, he'll, just be, he'll just be in a dance rave the entire yeah, time. Joshua's right? still pretty popular. So maybe I should go with someone like Habakkuk. Or um, <laughs> Joel, <laughs> like Joel's over there, like, hey, I, you know, you realize I am in the Bible, yeah, yeah, right? like Amos, Jephthah, or uh, you know, just... that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. those poor guys—they're like, the, like you the, were a thing, right? Yeah, the C-list celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I still got a book deal, guys. I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. Well, Aaron, we have come to the end of our time uh, together. It's been quite enjoyable having you with me. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Guys, gals. Wow, that, I butchered that. Gals. Guys, gals, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a review and a raving five-star rating, if you don't mind. Helps us out. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You can head on over to uh, joshloftis.com for podcast uh, info as well and facebook.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us in the trenches today, everybody, and we will catch you on the next step of Every Day a Monday.